What a day to be. We all saw it last night. UConn knocking off Marquette in the Hartford Civic Center. Yes, we keep calling it the Hartford Civic Center. It's always going to be the Hartford Civic Center to me until they clean that thing up. UConn won 80-72 on the back of 42 points and 30 rebounds from Shaq and Charles Barkley. I'm sorry, I mean Adama Sanogo and Tyrese Martin. It was, for my money, the most complete performance against a good team that we've seen out of this group since Auburn, I think. Since the Auburn win uh, in the Bahamas. Uh, they look great at Marquette, but Marquette is a different team when they have Daryl Morsell healthy. Uh, they looked really good at Seton Hall, especially on the offensive end of the floor, but uh, the last possession of the game and the inability to stop Kadari Richmond, I think, has given me a little bit of PTSD. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but Tuesday night, this was this was a comprehensive win uh, for UConn. UConn played their game, and they were in control for 40 minutes, despite the fact that, A, Marquette is a really, really good basketball team at full strength. And I think that uh, when I say really good, I think that they can make a Final Four. I think that's how good this Marquette team is. And B, Shaka Smart's guys hit UConn with counter punches for what felt like every five minutes. Every time UConn would pull away, Marquette came right back, came right back, came right back. That was the kind of game that a uh, less mentally tough team would have folded in. And I think it's really, really uh, important to, to say that, right? Like we've criticized this team before for um, finding a way to lose games that we thought they should win. And that did not happen on Tuesday night. They deserve all the credit in the world for that. That was a terrific performance. Um, you know, and it's not, that's not something that's easy to do against a team that has been playing as well as Marquette has. And I do think it's something that should be celebrated. Uh, and it's something that we need to be able to point out and, and say, Hey, look, that was really, really good. Good for these guys. Um, what a win. What a win. I'm going to keep fucking enjoying it, man. That was awesome. Now, look, I do have a lot of takes on this game and I do have a lot of points that I think I want to make here, but I do want to give you guys a quick programming note, um, on, on this show and about top dogs. Uh, I have a lot going on over here with the field of 68. I'm doing after dark four nights a week. I'm trying to plan out what our March schedule is going to end up being for the entire network and for the show. Um, and for the record, it's going to be awesome. Just so you know, I can't tell you exactly what it's going to be yet, but it's going to be really fun. Uh, the sacrifice though, that I need to make is hunting down some big name guests for top dogs. Now I'll be getting some of your favorite former Huskies on uh, soon, hopefully as soon as next week. Um, but until then, you're just going to have to deal with me and my rants and my takes. And every once in a while, some uh, opinions from Sean and Archie Miller uh, when we talk about UConn on After Dark. So um, we'll get to that in a second. I have them coming up here uh, in a minute. But first and foremost, I do just want to answer a question that I've been asked about a half dozen times on Twitter over the course of the last 24 hours. And that's what changed? How did UConn go from being a team that looked like they couldn't function offensively against Creighton to being a team that looked like they can get to a final four uh, when they beat Marquette just a week later. Um, and to me, the answer is pretty simple and it has nothing to do with X's and O's. UConn was having fun again. UConn looked like they enjoyed playing basketball out there. UConn looked like they were doing all of the things that we want a UConn team to be able to do. Like, look, Late January, early February, these are the dog days of a college basketball season. As a player, you're, you're tired. You're banged up. It's cold as hell in stores. It's dark as hell in stores. Uh, you don't want to live in the gym. You don't want to have to go and get extra shots up when your ankle hurts or your wrist hurts or your legs are sore 
or you're tired of getting yelled at in practice and you have to get classwork done before you can go and look at some film and get ready to study a scouting report because you're going to go play your fourth game in eight days. I mean, it's, it's a grind. I don't think people realize how much of a grind it can be at this time of the year. And, you know, when it's dark and when it's snowy, just everybody goes through it in winter. And I don't think college athletes are uh, immune to any of that. Um, but on Tuesday, that performance looked different. And it's not because it's not because uh, Dan Hurley was reinventing the wheel when it comes to the offense that he was running or anything like that. Just in my opinion. Uh, my take is this. I think Tyrese Martin is the most important player on the team. Now, doesn't mean he's the best player. I think that Adama Sanogo is probably the guy that you would call the best player on this team, given his ability to kind of be the low post anchor that the offense is built around and being able to seal a man and provide an efficient and consistent outlet for schemed offense. Um, when you throw what he can do on the defensive end, the, the, the way he can switch, the way that he protects the rim, uh, I, I think that he, you would call him UConn's best player. Um, I think RJ Cole is probably UConn's most valuable player in the sense that he's a terrific and underrated point guard that at the very least deserves some consideration for first team all biggies. I don't know if you're going to put him on that team, but he at the very least needs to be in that conversation for first team all biggies. Um, he's also relatively irreplaceable given some of the struggles that Jalen Gaffney has had this year. And the fact that Roswell Diggins at this point uh, is super glued to the UConn bench. Now, UConn doesn't really have another guy that can initiate offense the way that Cole can. And when he's not out there, you can see it. You can tell. Jordan Hawkins and Tyler Polly are probably the what you would call the X factors on this group, right? They're the microwave scorers that come off the bench. Uh, they're the change of pace shooters. They're the guys who can hit four or five threes in five minutes like they did last night in the first half to build out that double-digit lead uh, against Marquette. Um, and I think it's fair to say that the difference between UConn being a team that can hit their ceiling, which I do think is legitimately getting to a final four. I think they can win four games in March. The difference between them, uh, the difference between them being that group and being a group that gets bounced in the first weekend again is, uh, is, is Jordan is Jordan Hawkins hitting, hitting his stride, right? If he spends the next month making the leap that James Booknight made in the final month of his freshman season, buckle up, man, because it's about to get fun. But I think that it's I think that Ty Tyrese is the most important guy on this roster. And I say most important because, uh, you know, I use that word specifically and carefully selected. He is the heart and soul of this team. He's their energizer. He's the guy that gets fans revved up. He's the guy that brings the energy. He's the guy that sets the tone. Uh, when he's out there grabbing offensive rebounds and yelling at the crowd and dropping dimes in transition and beating on his chest and doing the goggles into the, the camera, you know, it just it sets a tone with this group that I don't think anybody else can set. He brings an energy. He brings a vibe uh, that no one else on that team can provide. I mean, that's just what he does best. And, you know, I, I think it's important here to say that it's not just me that's seeing this. I want to read a quote that Martin gave to Charlotte Carroll of The Athletic uh, after Saturday's loss at Villanova. Quote, I feel like most of that is probably on me because I've been more of that guy that sets the tone, makes those plays, interacting with the crowd, flexing, things like that. That probably hasn't been there on my part. Coach came and said that I wasn't being the same player he needed me to be. I had to get back to being who I was, end quote. That is who he was on Tuesday. And that's why UConn was at their very UConn best on Tuesday. 
th- th- this quote from Shaka resonated with me from after Tuesday night's game. It's from Jeff Goodman of Stadium. Quote, we always talk about playing with violence. They were the more violent team today. And while I don't think I would necessarily use violent in that way if I was the one making this description, he's 100% right. UConn was the tougher, more physical, more athletic, more whatever team. They play with more heart, more effort, more all of those cliches. And that's what I think UConn needs to be. Look, this team has an identity, toughness, rebounding, defense. This is what they do best. They are a top 25 offense in college basketball and the second best offense in the Big East, not because they are the most skilled team in college soups. You know, it's not it's not because Dan Hurley's out here reinventing the wheel. Although, look, I've said over and over again, I'm on record here. I think this is a really good X's and O's staff. They are the second best offensive rebounding team in all of college basketball. That right there is what makes them elite. That right there is what gives them a top 25 offense. That right there is why they are going to have an advantage against everyone that they play. They are the best in the country at doing this specific thing. And that specific thing is something that relies on effort. It relies on enthusiasm. It relies on playing hard. It relies on showing up and bringing that energy. Like those are the things that UConn can control. Those are the things that UConn uh, allows them to hit their ceiling when they are playing that way. That is who they are. So when it comes to coaching this team up, I think the single most important job that Hurley and his staff have is to keep this group confident, keep them engaged, keep them energized, keep the effort an absolute max. You know, I, I saw I saw in the first half yesterday, the way that Hurley celebrated, even after mistakes that his guys made, it wasn't like he was screaming at him. There was a ton of clapping. There was a ton of slapping these guys on the ass. There was a ton of just, let's keep going. Let's keep playing. We got this. You know, it felt, it it felt like it was very much a confidence morale boosting kind of a night and kind of a, a, I don't even know if probably a game plan. Maybe that's the best way to say it. it just, it seemed like that was, something that was a point of emphasis there. Now, look, you're going to have nights where the shots don't go down. You're going to have nights where you shoot three for 23 from three. You're going to have nights where Adama gets in foul trouble early or he's turning the ball over or he's not making shots. You're going to have nights where someone like Posh Alexander can kind of overwhelm RJ Cole. That's going to happen. It's college basketball. These, This is the way it goes, right? But as long as UConn is out efforting, whoever they are going up against on that specific night, They're going to have a great chance to win. And to me, Martin is the key because, one, he is the guy that brings that energy. He is the guy whose role on the team it is to be that dude. And, two, that dude hits the glass like any power forward in college basketball. He's 6'7 and 220 and athletic as hell and strong as hell. He's basically a four-man in a three-man's body, and he's going to be defended by wings every night that he steps out on the floor. He plays a three. Isaiah Whaley's out there. Adama Sanogo's out there with him. Maybe a cook a cook instead of Whaley. Maybe, uh, you know, you got Samson here for minutes um, at the five. Whatever it is, uh, he's going to be he's going to be at the three. He's going to have smaller wings that are guarding him. Sometimes he's going to have shooting guards guarding him. He's always going to have an advantage. He's always going to be able to get to the glass. And when he's getting to the glass and when he's playing with that effort and when he's flexing and when he's showing off his muscles, when he's doing the goggles, when he's energized and playing that way, he's had his best. And when he's at his best, that's when UConn, in my mind, is at their best. They need him to be the toughest, 
player on the floor, the hardest nosed player on the floor, the mismatch on the floor and take advantage of that. Um, he was, that's what he was on Tuesday night. And, and you know, he said this to, uh, to Charlotte Carroll. He said this to the athletic after the game quote, we don't plan on losing anymore as long as we play the way we did today. And when I saw that quote, I just started fist pumping in the air because that is so great to hear. Now, let's get to last night's segment from After Dark, where I talked with Sean and Archie Miller about this UConn team, and then we'll wrap things up on the other side. We're back. This is the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Dawson. We are live now on Sirius XM Channel 84. That is the ESPNU station. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. We are streaming. If you are watching there, please jump in the chat. Ask us questions. Hit that like button. I have Archie Miller and Sean Miller here with me. And Archie, we were texting before the Marquette-UConn game started. And I said, I think UConn's going to lose by 25. I think they're going to lose by 30. I don't feel confident about this at all. And you were like, don't worry about it, man. Don't worry. They're going to win. They got this covered. They're going to win by double digits. It wasn't quite double digits, but they won 80 to 72. And it was uh, it was comfortable. It wasn't stressful. So what'd you see out of the Huskies tonight? They played it. They played a UConn game. You know, they defended. And most importantly, they really, really dominated the glass. You know, they were plus. I think, uh, what were they, plus 19 on the glass in the game. And Sonogo gets 15 rebounds, and Martin gets another 15 rebounds. I mean, if you out-rebound a team at home by 19, that's a dominant performance in terms of physicality. But they defended, and um, Marquette, Marquette's resilient. They have some tough-minded guys, and they made it tough. But UConn swept them this year, and uh, UConn won today, tonight, by playing UConn basketball. They defended, they really, really hammered the boards. They got 24 from the big fella inside. And to me, that's their recipe. It may not be what everybody wants every night, but if they do that, they're going to be successful. Yeah, Sean, we've talked about it on the show before that UConn needs to be able to run their stuff to be effective. Like when they're running their sets, when they're able to get offense out of the actions that Dan Hurley wants to coach, they're really effective. And they were able to do that well tonight. I mean, Rob, again, the numbers to me mean more in February. I mean, March is the only other month that you can say they mean the, the most. But at that point, see, you're in tournament play. February right now, we have a lot of information on all teams, including, you know, the team that we're talking about, UConn. But they're the number one offensive rebounding team in the Big East. They're the number two overall offensive team in the Big East. So as much as, you know, sometimes we talked about it, like you said last week, you know, could they have better spacing or whatever? Those guys are wired to crash the glass and beat you up. Arch said it tonight, they out-rebound Marquette by 15. It's that identity thing. What do you think about when you think about Connecticut and what is it that they bring to the table game in, game out? If they rebound at their best ability, they'll have a chance to beat any team they're playing. They may not, right? They have to do other things, but they're so good at getting second shots and rebounding the ball that it's uh, it's a big reason why they are who they are. And I think on Friday, they go to Xavier, which I think will be a huge game for both teams. You know, Xavier tomorrow, Wednesday, plays at Seton Hall, which is tough. And then they have a quick turnaround, and now they're going to meet UConn coming off a big win against Marquette. These are those games right now, Rob, man, they're determining your fate. I mean, who wins, who loses? There's huge trajectory swings towards March Madness. And you feel it as a coach. You feel it with your team. And I think that 
what you always try to reinforce is what Dan, Danny Hurley did a great job tonight. Do what we do. What is it that makes us good? Got to kill them on the glass. And they did that tonight against Marquette. Yeah, one thing about UConn, Rob, coming up here in these next couple of weeks, be really interested to see if Jordan Hawkins can keep going. Yes. He's such a talented young guy that sometimes at this time of year, those freshmen, they, they're at their best. Their confidence is up. And I thought him tonight playing 15 minutes or whatever it may have been, bangs a shot or two, two threes in the game, more perimeter shooting, more scoring off of their bench other than just their big two or three guys. A guy like Jordan Hawkins could really make a big difference moving forward because he can shoot. And uh, I think he's very talented, as you can tell. But down the stretch in these next three weeks, Jordan Hawkins is somebody to follow. If he could keep going, that would really help UConn's uh, chances as they keep getting deeper into the season. Yeah, and this was a huge win for them as well. They have a nightmare schedule yeah, yeah. over the course of the next five games. So I want to ask both of you guys this. When you are kind of – when you hit that spell in, in sometime in mid-January or early February where you've played a couple games that were duds or maybe some of your players are tuning you out a little bit, maybe they're getting homesick, maybe it's the end of the season, it's just kind of becoming a drag. Like these are the dog days of the college basketball season. Now, what? how hard is that to get guys going in moments like this? I thought, honestly, I thought what happened is Creighton and what happened against Villanova for UConn is they, they didn't – their team built on – playing with effort and it felt like they were just kind of I don't want to say they slept walk through those games but it wasn't it wasn't what it was tonight so how how difficult and how do you what do you do to kind of get those guys going in games like that you know I, I would answer the question like this you know it's like being a guest speaker you know it, how well it goes is dependent on on your audience you know you, you know you, you you can't give the same speech to everybody you know it all depends on on how many people are in the room, you know, where are they from, how old are they, how young are they, et cetera. And like every team's different, Rob, like you cannot treat every single team the same. If I have Mick Cronin's team right now, final four a year ago, have gone through just all kinds of almost torturous things with COVID, you know, had returned to no fans, you know, huge shutdown in and around Christmas. And then they came to Arizona, kind of looking like a final four team and they lose back-to-back -back games and now they're at Stanford in a dog fight. Like, guess what? Their next game, I believe, is at USC. You know, in some ways, you have to be careful. Like, these are veteran players. Are they healthy? Are they rested? Because if they're healthy and rested, they know what it takes to win big games. They've already won them for you. Conversely, I think if you have a young team sometimes that has never experienced it, you have to be maybe more aware of, of how they're showing up in their attention to detail every day. So that's how I would, I would answer the question. I mean, Arch, I don't know if you feel any differently, but February certainly is that month where you, you, you're getting close to the finish line. You've been at it for a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think this, and um, not all teams, but every team, sometimes at this time of year, coaches can really get consumed and want to do more and, and, and think about, you know, keep getting better and preparing your team. So much at this time of year, though, Rob, is fresh. You know, it's fresh legs. More importantly, it's a fresh mind. Keeping things short at this time of the year. You're in a routine of games. It's physical right now. And I think that the, the teams that kind of find a way to shorten some things up, that freshen up their guys, to keep them wanting to come back to the gym, you know, late at night, rather than I got to get out of the facility as soon as possible because I don't want to be here anymore. You know, there's a there's a fine line to it, but 
this time of year in the next few weeks, certain teams really have it down in terms of fresh is better than anything that you can get going. And I don't think that means you don't work hard, but I definitely think it's, it's overkill at times at this time of year. Also, yeah, Rob, for the first time, for the first time, you'll run into certain teams that they've lost hope. Yeah. So in those particular games, if your team is good, you can't panic early if things don't go well, because if you just stick with it, stick with it, stick with it, eventually they're going to break. Because in a sense, no matter how they try to trick each other, they're playing for nothing. I mean, they're playing for the end of the season. And that doesn't show up until you get to mid-February. But you see it now in mid-February where you play a certain team and you just know they've got, they've acquired too many losses, almost like that, that ship in the water, right? There's too many holes in the bottom. It's just, they, they just can't beat you for 40 minutes. And I think that's the other thing you try to navigate as a coach as well. Yeah. Arch, doesn't it sound a little bit like Sean is referencing a team that, uh, that went down 14 to one yesterday uh, at Arizona state and then came back to, to win. It sounds like that, that, is that what Sean's referencing? A little bit. Yeah, hey, a little what, bit. What, what, a, what a swing, what a swing though, oh, in that game. I mean, the way it started and at the end, I think they were up 19 really, really, really late. I mean, think about that. That's like a, almost what, 20, 36 point swing there. Yeah, it took a while for Arizona to get used to playing in the gym that didn't have any power and didn't have any. Uh, no, no, that, you have to credit Arizona State that they did have the lights on. I'm sure the water worked and, and that was a good step for them, for sure. So that's really all I have to say on the subject when it comes to UConn. We're going to Xavier on Friday. Um, and I really do think that UConn matches up well uh, with the Musketeers. Um, they're big and they're physical and they should be able to have an athleticism advantage. And while Xavier can space the floor, um, especially with their bigs, I do think UConn has guys that are at least suited and capable of getting out there and, and kind of running Zach Fremantle off the line and running Jack Nungie off the three-point line. My biggest concern, Paul Scruggs is a stud. He's also 6'4", 220 pounds, and I think that's probably who RJ Cole is going to have to match up with. It'll be interesting to see what Hurley does there. Um, but the bottom line is this. I, this is this is a good, winnable matchup for UConn. Now, the Cintas Center, home games, is an absolute cauldron. Xavier is going to have their backs against the wall in this matchup. Friday for them is what this Marquette game was for the Huskies. But this is a winnable game. They don't have to win. Like I, I don't think it's the end of the world if they lose. I just want to see them to continue showing up and playing with the effort and the emotion and the love that they showed today. Because, man, look, that was fun, and that was UConn basketball. Let's go on. Awesome.